Hey guys, Harris here. I have huge news. Uh, well, I suppose it could be bad news to some of you, depending on how you look at it. But Story 2019 is officially sold out. And I know to some of you that is not a big deal, but to me that is huge. We're going to end up having about 1,500 people in the building this year for Story, including attendees, speakers, staff, volunteers. Guys, I am blown away. Uh Four years ago, I literally bet the house on this idea, the potential of gathering and leading a global community of storytellers. And like 500 people showed up in Nashville that year. And that is awesome. That is no small feat. Um, and I, I still lost money on that event, but people left excited about the future. And we got excited that year about the future. And now here we are just three short years later with 1,500 people and a sold out event and, and not just a random 1,500 people, but you guys, like some of the most affluent creative leaders in the country, not just on stage, but in attendance. Teams from companies like Apple, Google, IBM, some of the biggest retail brands in the world, some of the biggest artists and filmmakers and photographers in the world. Uh, it just, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm literally right now trying to record words, and I'm speechless. It just means the world to me. Not that you guys did this for me. It just it feels pretty cool to have a dream and to start to see that dream come to fruition, especially when that dream is not about you, but what you could lead people to do and accomplish in the world. I'm blown away. So I want to take a brief moment to just say thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and engaging online. Thank you for showing up to our live gatherings. Thank you for being a part of the story community. Steve Jobs once said that the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. I say that all the time. Um, he said that they set the vision, values, and agenda of an entire generation that is to come. And I agree with him. And this tribe is quite literally repainting the future of our world. Thank you for the stories that you guys tell. This world needs them now more than ever. Okay, that's it for me for now. Thank you so much for listening. Here's another wisdom-rich episode of The Story Podcast. While story invites us to ask powerful questions, your life and your story are shaped by the questions you ask. What is the story that you ache to tell? The only way to become a better storyteller is by telling more stories. The only hope we have are the stories we tell. Stories not bound by what is possible. We are proud to be storytellers. When we think of storytellers, we tend to think of people who deal in artistic, emotional, or maybe even spiritual material. That's where all the good stories are, right? Well, this conversation today might just challenge some of those notions. Michael Margolis is a storyteller. That's what he calls himself. Not only is he speaking at this year's conference, but he has spoken around the world, and his stories come from the world of technology and innovation. Obviously, we tend to think of those fields as dealing more with data instead of quote-unquote stories, but that's why Michael's work is so interesting and important. Technology is increasingly the story of our lives, and Michael has learned how to make that story resonate. He told me a little bit about just how he's done it. Listen in. I guess kind of the personal obsession and, and riddle for me is how do you communicate the worth and value of something that people don't understand? 
Right. And um, that's been like the existential question of my whole life. Um, and it's it's a question that I saw my parents like wrestle with their whole life and career. Um, my dad's a mad scientist and inventor, right? My mom's a teacher, artist, toy designer. So I've always I've always been really at peace and natural amongst the hyper creatives, the people out on the leading edge. And I also have had a lot of experiences, and this has been something I've been really, um, it's been a big theme up recently, is just like being the kid that doesn't fit in and belong. Mm. Like total misfit and how much that has driven and influenced my life and work. Mm -hmm. And so it's that feeling of you've got something that you know is special, that you know is good, but somehow people don't see what you see. Like they don't get what you get. And wanting to solve for that. So bring this back to the world of tech. You know, I'm a cultural anthropologist by training. Uh, and when I when I graduated uh, in the late 90s with, with my degree, I, I was like, like well, that's the name of an actual major, cultural anthropology? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I know, it took, took a while for my parents to kind of <laughs> walk them down the ledge. They were like, you're doing what? And then actually I had to like, well, hey, you guys have always followed what you're you know, most passionate and, and what sure. you believe in. And they're like, all right, okay. They've, and they've come around. But so cultural anthropology, it's the study of culture, right, sure. of people. Yeah. Now, I was like, okay, I could study um, culture in the context of um, ancient cultures, right? I was just in Egypt over Christmas and, you know, I mean, it's a total hobby. I love ancient civilizations. But me digging in the dirt, in the hot sun, okay, not quite my back, right? So I was like, all right, archaeology, isn't it? And then I was like, oh, well, you know, I could go hang with the shamans in the jungle and study indigenous cultures, very romantic um, and um, a beautiful, beautiful thing. But again, like hot, sticky jungle. Mm -hmm. right? You see a theme here, right? I was mm -hmm. like, ah, I don't know. I'm not quite, not quite built for that either. But then I was looking around and it's the late 90s and this was right when the internet revolution took off. And there was something inside of me that just saw it and knew. I was like, oh, what I'm interested in is the culture of the future, right? Because we're literally building it. You know, culture used to move at the speed of glaciers. And, you know, even now, fast forward to today, it moves at the speed of 140 characters. So there was something about that, that technology was how the future is being built. And the ramifications where it's remaking every category and quadrant of life. So that's where we do our work. You know, it's um, we make it really practical, though. So you know, we work with heads of product, heads of design, heads of marketing inside some of the biggest, most iconic tech companies you can imagine. And um, what we're often doing is actually working on the internal narratives. So it's it's how do you communicate your vision, strategy, and roadmap? when you're in the midst of high velocity change and hyper growth, where mm -hmm. literally the walls are changing on you on a weekly, monthly basis. Mm -hmm. and, and if you look at in Silicon Valley, you've got companies who are building software and technology tools and apps that are remaking how we live our lives. And then in turn, every other institution in the world's like, we wanna be like Silicon Valley, right? Every company is in the midst, and every nonprofit's in the midst of digital transformation. So we do a lot of work on the Fortune 500 side too, basically the people in those companies who are leading that torch. And you know, the need to like humanize the role and value of these technologies in people's lives and how much of it gets lost in translation. So yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting journey. I've been doing this, been doing the story work now over 15 years. 
it's been, you know, lots of twists and turns in terms of like really finding our product market fit. Um, but yeah, you talk to like, you know, any leader who's building the future, great leaders are great storytellers, right? Like you have to set context, give people the bigger picture. You got to get people emotionally invested. Um, and then you present the data. Um, and unfortunately, most, most times in business, we've been taught to just start with the data and the conclusions. And yeah. the story is dead on arrival. What makes Michael's observations here so interesting is that while most storytellers' jobs are to make the personal into something universal, he's trying to do almost the complete opposite. Make something as universal as technology into something personal that we can all wrap our heads around. It's a really unique challenge to his field, but some of the tips he's picked up there are useful no matter what job you're in. Look, at the end of the day, story is about who am I mm -hmm. in relationship to the universe, right? to myself, to you, to each other, to the world. It's literally cosmology. It's the order of things. And inherent in the order of things is also worth and value. Right, like, what's the difference between a hundred-dollar bottle of wine and a thousand-dollar bottle of wine? Right, it's the story, right? Um, or whether it's the cars we drive, the clothes we wear, so on and so on. Or as you know me, like the chocolate you eat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and and helping people understand you can upgrade your chocolate, and there's this whole world of rare, exotic, fine craft chocolate, mm -hmm. and each bar tells a different story, and and exploring that, so. We're coming back to culture. Culture literally is the stories we share in common. That's culture. You've got a wife and kids, right? I bet you there are certain catchphrases, certain um, sort of inside jokes, uh, rituals that you as a family, certain kind of key habits, things that you do as a family that in essence are stories that are the constructs of how you've come together as a family unit, right? And those are the stories that your children are gonna tell 10, 20, 30 years from now about, well, you know, growing up, you know, my dad Harris, man, he was this like wild magician and not just on stage, but the way we lived life and the way he taught us to just embrace um, just to discover, right? To like really, really examine life unfolding with um, with sort of that spirit of a magical child, right? And, and so on and so on. And they probably have other stories to tell about their your wife, their mom. So the, these stories, culture, it's um, the challenge with culture is that like culture, we often think of it as like an invisible force, right? Where it's like, oh, I, what culture? Like you, I can... You can't quite touch it, feel like I can't quite, I don't know how to wrap my hands mm -hmm. around it. Well, you know, you, 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 you know it when you feel it or you know it when you see it kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. But what you can do is through the stories, you can actually hack into the DNA source code of the culture. Basically, stories are a vehicle for values-laden messages, right? That's what a story does. It basically says, well, here's what we think matters, right? Here's the choices we make. Something that's sort of ironic about all this is how while the story around technology still needs experts like Michael to tell it well, technology itself has given all of us the means to tell our own stories better. Michael and I had an interesting conversation about the power and responsibility this brings for all of us 
Now that everyone can tell a story, it's getting harder and harder to tell which ones to believe. And that's something that Michael thinks is going to improve over time. Listen to this. I think at a fundamental level that um, I believe in the the self-correcting arc of humanity and storytelling as a truth-telling vehicle. Hmm. And that we're living in a time and an age where the nature of these technologies leads to more transparency. So, like, the truth will come out in some form or another. And sometimes it's a long and windy road. All right, I mean, look at our current, like, politics right now. All right, and, like, what that unwinding and reckoning, you know, and we're still, like, we're still in the liminal, like, middle phase of it mm-hmm. in this place of we like we're, we're 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 caught between the old story and the new story we mm-hmm. definitely have not landed in the new story yet but there's an unwinding that's bringing a lot of things to bear into the surface so i do believe in that like if it's there's this element of like if it's meant to really be seen and understood it will be and it, it comes to the surface that said right we also have to recognize that there are inherent power structures and, and that power has an influence over what is seen and what is not seen. You know, and, and, and it's changing. Like, look at the Me Too movement, you know, or, or other things that, you know, or even things with, um, uh, whether it's LGBT in Q rights, whether it's around um, racism, things that used to be in the shadows are coming into light, which is a hard thing to bear witness to, right? Because then we suddenly think, like, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Things are so much worse now than they ever were. Instead, maybe it's just that we have more transparency. We have more line of sight on the things that used to be behind the stage than ever before. So that, that I think, is, an, is kind of this inherent force, and it requires faith, right, to so zoom out and see that bigger picture. In terms of, like, being in the shoes of any of these companies and platforms, it's such a tough one. I, I, don't, I don't think that there is some clear, simple answer the thing I would go back to is governance. So there's a lot of tools and platforms that have become social goods or public utilities that have an oversized influence on society, on economics, on politics, yet most of these platforms and tools are operating as private corporate enterprises that don't have representative governance in the sense of like we the people Right, so like, if you think of any any platform that really has built a sense of citizenry, a sense of belonging, a sense of users who are contributing to the platform, who are um, creating value for the platform, and in turn that platform is having an influence on their life. I think the next phase of evolution for the whole tech industry is representative governance. And as we solve that, um, I think it has the potential to literally leap us into the next phase of human development or the next level of social organization, like as a species, as a planet, because many of these platforms cross traditional geopolitical lines or the other sort of ways of boundaries of how we used to define who is a tribe, what is a culture, what is a unit of identity. So that's the territory, but figuring it out is going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be a real, a real, um, Yeah, exciting and and, and humbling process.
There's so much more that could be said about all of these issues, but the long and short of it is, I'm glad there are people like Michael Margolis in the space that he's in, making sure that our technological advancement is married to something real and human. That's an important skill and an important discipline. Hope this helps all of us be a little more mindful today of our own story. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Story Podcast. I am Harris III, and I'll see some of you this week in Nashville for Story 2019. See you soon.